Welcome to the AJP podcast, a podcast that discusses current events, relevant topics, and emerging issues in pharmacy. I'm your host, Carly McMore, and together with my producer, Jared McMore, and the Australian Journal of Pharmacy, we are bringing you a podcast that draws on the opinions and expertise of pharmacists from all settings and experience levels. From those pharmacists who've already been a voice in the profession, to those who've never had their voice heard before. This episode is entitled Medicinal Cannabis. Medicinal cannabis is an emerging therapeutic option in Australia. A small number of commercial products are currently available, but there is still a gap in knowledge for clinicians and consumers alike regarding indications, safety and access. Medicinal cannabis currently occupies a strange place in therapeutics. Politics, expectations both wild and realistic, and burden of evidence for medicinal cannabis isn't quite the same as it is for most treatment options. It is safe to say that it carries a lot of baggage. Medicinal cannabis has its fair share of controversy. While this episode won't answer all of your questions that we have as healthcare professionals, it provides insight into some of the views pharmacists have. Graham Smith shares his insights into the use of medicinal cannabis in New Zealand and if whether cannabis plant material should be called a medicine. Well, it's, it's topical in New Zealand, and we've just recently submitted on a, on a bill that's been put up by a Member of Parliament in New Zealand, which effectively aimed to decriminalise the possession of cannabis uh, for someone who is terminally ill with, and who is likely to die within the next 12 months. Um, after considering a wide range of opinions from from pharmacists, we decided to suggest to the to the Houses of Parliament that raw cannabis material was not a medicine, and they shouldn't be calling it medicinal cannabis unless it had been through the same safety and efficacy testing that other medicines had, and if they wanted to decriminalise the possession of cannabis to alleviate suffering for a, a, a group of people who were terminally ill, there were probably easier ways to doing it than calling something a medicine that's actually not a medicine. Cathy Reid talks about regulations, supply chain, doses and the emotion around the debate. It's certainly something that we're watching very closely, you know, obviously with um, essentially 2 million patients across Australia having accessing services each year now through our pharmacy and our cancer centres, the utilisation of cannabis in palliative care and in pain relief in cancer is a very topical subject. So it's one that we're spending a lot of time looking at. I think the um, there's so much progress being done in Australia around the the regulations and the standardisation of dosing, the quantification and qualification of the active ingredients and being able to ensure that there's a, a supply chain that's validated and the actives are quantified within that and you're actually getting a product that is quite well quantified and doses are actually able to be prescribed. There's an enormous amount of work going on in that and I think that will help dramatically in taking some of, I guess, the emotion out of the debate around whether it's whether it is something that can be prescribed or whether it's a, a, a way of dressing up a recreational drug and, and making it legal. So it's a space that we're watching with great interest and I'm really liking the, the approach that's actually been taken by the TGA here and the regulatory bodies in that quantification piece. 
And, and that's exactly the same approach we were suggesting is taken in New Zealand. We've got some companies in New Zealand who, who are prepared to, to do the research and, and standardise doses, and that's fine. That, that, is, that is medicinal, and that's what, basically what we were saying. Renee Beardmore discusses moving forward with cannabis and the law. Waiting for the evidence to arrive, you know, strong you know, evidence to arrive that's beneficial is, um, you know, what I think that we need to do to move forward. I don't think having cannabis, um, you know, with a, a legal stick um, is clearly not managing, you know, cannabis just in the community. Um, medicinal cannabis has a particular place in, in that, you know, there's still that legal stick even with medicinal cannabis users. So, you know... Drug, um, roadside drug tests are presence absence. So there's no um, nuances on that. No, I do actually have a script and I can take this. So I think waiting for the evidence to come in and the strong, you know, proper RCT, phase three evidence to come in that it should be used, it's promising, you know, we've just got that little way to go. And I think that the legislative framework needs fundamental overhaul to be able to accommodate it because I think at the moment the states and territories have accommodated as best they can but if you're a medicinal cannabis user and you've got a, a compound that you're taking that have been prescribed appropriately and it's got the levels in it are significantly low enough that you won't be experiencing sedation you don't really want to be penalised for driving with it. Kay Dunkley mentions the hype, misunderstanding and the unknowns. I think that I don't have any strong views around medicinal cannabis, but I certainly think there's a lot of unknowns at this stage. I think that it is good to be able to offer treatment to people who need it. I think that there's a lot of hype in the media and a lot of misunderstanding about the the um, likely benefits of medicinal cannabis, but certainly, you know, we need to... I mean, all the originally... All our medicines came from plants, and so I think you know we need to be looking at plants again to see if we can source chemicals which will help individuals. I mean, it's just another you know source. Not everything needs to be developed synthetically, and and obviously we can um, look more broadly. So you know, I think there'll be a role. I don't think it'll be as widespread as the popular media expects. I don't think it's a big panacea, but I do think that um, it's an you know it will be an important treat modality, mo- treatment modality for some people. Carolyn Huxhagen discusses medicinal cannabis as a specialised area for pharmacist practice and how patients need to be given realistic expectations. Medicinal cannabis for me, I did all the training, um, did you know, as much as I could to be aware and, and work up how to help people with it. I think um, for me, but I have now pulled out of supplying, never actually established supply in the pharmacy I manage because there's one pharmacy in town that has set it all up and doing it beautifully. And it's not, I, in fairness, I think being able to direct the patients that ask me about it to him is um, better because it's not this huge 
everybody should do type thing at this point. And so he's put a lot of work and expertise and finance into setting himself up. And I would rather that that stayed there. So that's my personal viewpoint. I understand it and I've, you know, got all the things in place that I was going to do it. But I do think the biggest problem for me with medicinal cannabis is that patients have a false hope of what it can do for them. And particularly because I work in the pain space, um, you know, patients say that, oh, yeah, I want to try it and see, you know, and and a, quite a few of the patients that I deal with in the pain space actually use normal cannabis and, you know, some get benefits, some don't, and some of them smoke anything possible and they buy things on the internet that are really dodgy. Um, but it doesn't truthfully have a lot of evidence for as many of the disease states and the questions that come through the door about it and probably particularly is the area of things like tinnitus and you know and yeah there's a lot of false um, hope out there for what it's going to do and so at this point I'm staying up with the literature and staying up with where it's going in pharmacy but I'm not implementing it into my own practice at this time not because I don't believe in it, but I don't think it's something that I everybody can be, you know, do, giving out to patients. The, the the amount of patients for it is not huge, and I think it's a specialised area, so I'm I'm leaving it. It's a little bit like clozapine dispensing. You, know, they never opened clozapine dispensing up to every community pharmacy until recent times you know in the beginning it used to be particular ones because you actually need to um, have the expertise and know what you're doing because it's a lot of interaction with your your customer and um, so I'm just leaving it alone at this time. Jacinta Johnson discusses the evidence, the barriers to use and the appropriate patient groups who may benefit from medicinal cannabis. I think of course we need to practice evidence-based medicine and if there's no evidence that cannabis is any better than other treatments that we've got out there then we shouldn't be uh, you know reducing barriers to access cannabis just because it's also used recreationally or approved for recreational use elsewhere. Um, I think the pathway that Australia has taken in legalizing those medicinally tested products as opposed to just the raw uh, cannabis material itself uh, does lead itself uh, along that evidence-based pathway Uh, so I think that is an appropriate step that we've taken Uh, and I know there's a lot of discussion out there around reducing the barriers to access because now even though it's legal there's still too much paperwork for anyone to get there Uh, but I think probably with the amount of evidence that we've got for most conditions at, at this stage anyway there's no real rush to get people access to it unless they're at the end of the line like they need to have tried everything else anyway and if you're at that point where you've got a condition that is uh, really complex and resistant to all of our standard treatments, then it's probably reasonable that the treatment you're, you're seeking does have some steps involved in, in getting access to it. Sam Catampar discusses the Australian government's views, the way evidence is judged and the special access scheme with regard to medicinal cannabis. 100% the same. Um, I've looked at the stats that the TGA or that the TGA have collected around approvals and denying approvals and the stats that I saw were that there have been zero um, approvals denied so I think the Australian government does a really good job of actually not getting in the way if a clinician believes that this is the right choice for their patient 
Obviously, we um, people talk about access barriers for the SAS. My experience of using the SAS is that it's actually a very efficient system. It's used in hospital systems around Australia all the time and no one's really complained that heavily about it. Um, and I think that we confound the issue between medical cannabis with recreational cannabis. Um, and a lot of the evidence that's put out there is through use of recreational means through smoking, vaporising, things like this. And I think that Australia takes a very good stance of only wanting the highest quality evidence for medicines and regardless where that medicine comes from, it should be the same, um, the same standard that's, that's applied. Um, so I, 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 I'm the same sort of thing and the, the most recent study which talked about um, the fact that perhaps it's not as good for pain as, as we thought it was and the, the, the people detracting from it said, oh yeah, but it was street dope so like, you know, it's, you know, who knows what quality it was in this and anyone I know who uses recreational marijuana doesn't buy low quality products off the street. So this idea that they were buying fake weed for their pain, I, I don't prescribe to that at all. So um, I, th- I think that similar is just sentimental that, uh, look, let's base this on evidence, let's run a good system, and if, the gov- if everyone wants to talk about recreational use, that's a completely different discussion than a medical cannabis system. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the AJP podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions about this episode, please visit the AJP forum at ajp.com.au and join the conversation. If you have any suggestions for future topics or would like to participate in the podcast, please send an email to ajppodcast at appco.com.au or follow us on Twitter at ajppodcast.